let's begin this morning. I couldn't think of a better thing to talk about than um, as we approach and move into 2022, uh, just a phrase. It's four words, and it's simply, God's got your back. I know that that's probably not. We should be uh, grammatically sound. God has your back, but I'm going to say today, God's got your back. And um, I can prove this to you today because of Matthew uh, chapter 6. Jesus said some things in the Sermon of Mount, the Sermon of the Mount that were literally game-changing, momentum-changing statements. He, he said some things that 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 were absolutely wonderful. And I want to remind you as we move into this brand near that God has your back. He's got your back. Um, and I want to ask you the question as we begin this time uh, together, do you believe that this year? Do you believe that God's got your back? I want you to tell yourself, good morning, Miss Pat. I want you to tell yourself that God's got your back in 2022. Even better, let God tell you that he has your back in 2022. So I already said that I can prove it to you. So let me prove it to you out of scripture. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bible, verses 22 through 34, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. You might have the Passion Translation. You might have the NIV. You might have the NASB, whatever you want to do, it's going to communicate really the same thing. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Verse 25, as we begin, <clears throat> that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? How many of you know that worry does not add a single moment to your life, but it begins to subtract from your life? And why worry about clothing? He goes on to say, look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing. Yet Solomon, all of his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what shall we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows what you have need of. The Williams translation there is simply, but your heavenly father already has your back. Isn't it encouraged to know that God already knows what you need even before you even have a clue that you have a need? That, that's an incredible thing. The creator, the author of the universe already knows what you need. He knows what you need today. He knows what you need this moment. He knows what you need going into this new year. J Jesus knows what you need. So verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Isn't it interesting that we worry about 
all of these things? God says, if you'll seek me instead of all these other things, I've got your back. I will care for all these other things, but I want you to prioritize me. I want you to keep your eyes fixed on me. I want you to follow me and I will take care of everything in your life. So verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. There's an old phrase that's true, and it simply goes like this, and I've shared this with you before, that worry is like borrowing trouble. Hold on to your own trouble. Don't send it my way. That, that, that's, that's the idea behind it. Have you ever noticed how much energy is expanded when you worry about things? Truth is, worry is hard work. Worry is exhausting. I, I sometimes say that I'd rather run a marathon than to worry. It's hard, hard work, and, and it's kind of like the treadmill. You know what a treadmill is, don't you? It's the treadmill that you have, the stationary treadmill that you have in your house, or whether you go to the gym, I call that the treadmill. And you know what I'm talking about? Any of you ever worked out on a treadmill? The longest run I ever made on a treadmill was 10 miles. And I ran in the same place for 10 miles and didn't get anywhere. I just ran and didn't move forward and didn't move backward. It, it is one of the most difficult things. And I have a treadmill for my road bike as well. I just got get tired of thinking about running and never arriving at my destination. I uh, am a member at uh, the Devon uh, Well, which is a, a gym facility, and they have some really nice treadmills there. It's, it's really, really nice. As a matter of fact, I can program it to take me to some of the most beautiful trails in all the world, and it seems like I'm, as far as the picture is concerned, that I am running these trails, but I'm never going to get anywhere. I'm always running in place. And at the end of the run on a treadmill, you go nowhere. And at the end of the run, you're just exhausted and haven't reached your destination yet. That's what worry does for you and for me. You don't move anywhere, but you, f you finish up exhausted about what you worry about. And any of you had a random thought and it holds you hostage, it holds you captive, and it begins to hijack your peace? I mean, we've all been there and done that, haven't we? Worry has a mind of its own, doesn't it? It's thinking on its own. It has an active imagination, and some of us are, are troubled purely by imaginary things that don't even exist in our journey and in our life. Some of you already are worried about imaginary things that haven't been able, haven't even been existing at this moment. Worries always exaggerates the things that might happen to you and might happen to me. It, it takes what might happen and exaggerates it and it makes it larger than life. 90% of the things, we realize this, that 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're already thinking, well, what about those 10%? Well, let me tell you that you have a bad case of the worries if you're worried or thinking about the 10% of things. 
Do you know that worry, any worry begins to instigate thoughts in your mind and imaginary things in your mind that really you shouldn't be thinking about. They're instigators in your world. They bring up worry in your world. These thoughts that we have, that's why Jesus says in, in, in the Bible that we're to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I mean, these are people, when you, when you have these imaginary things that captivate your mind and throw you off track, these are the people who carry worry and you don't know what to do with worry uh, at all. I mean, until you talk to them. That that's the that's the interesting thing about this whole process. I mean, um, there are people who can worry and who carry worry that you don't even know that you're supposed to worry until you meet up with them, until you talk to them. There's so many things that we worry about in our world. We worry about all kinds of things. We're worried about COVID. Am I going to get the virus? Am I going to get the new strain? And what's the new strain after Omicron that's going to come? We're worried about all those things. We worry about the stock market. We worry about our investments. We worry if we have investments. We worry about the stock market. What about the global cooling or, or some say the global warming that's taking place around the world? The moral decline of our country today. We spend more time worried about the moral decline of our country rather than confessing Second Chronicles 7.14 that simply says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Did you know today that one out of every 10 people in America are on some form of antidepressant, some form of antidepressant. One of the main reasons that a doctor will prescribe medication for patients today is for the issue of anxiety. We're a nation of worriers. There's an epidemic culture of worry in our nation, in our world today. Many students are gonna start school tomorrow. What's the number one thing that students worry about in school, well, there's all kinds of things. Will I be accepted? Will I make new friends? Will I lose any friends? Will I be a friend? And oh, by the way, there's this issue of grades. And some of you parents out there say, yes, my kids to, needs to worry more about grades. But what else do you worry about in this world? As we launch into this brand new year in 2022, what are we worried about? Friends, future? Making the grade, what career path should I take? We have to get the right education so we can get the right job, so we can get the right money, so we can meet the right person, so we can meet, buy the right house, and so we can live happily, happily ever after. What about singles out there? What are you worried about? Or married couples? Or anyone over 60? Do I have enough money? Will I have enough money to retire? What's the stock market going to do? Man, did you see that we hit... 36,000 last week? When's it going to crash because they predict that it's going to crash? And what about New Day? What about what we heard yesterday? What about the incredible insight that we have as New Day Church of the Nazarene and, and all the things that are going to take place? 
Are we on the right track? Do we have enough money to start the building project? Is the pastor crazy? Well, he might be. He might not be. And if you're a pastor, Pastor Chase, or Pastor Chair, Jared, the level is raised as well. Not only do you deal with the issues of, of your family, but every family under your responsibility. There's all kinds of things that bombard our minds that begin to take us captive, and yet the Bible says that we're to take every thought captive and make it obedient to the, to the Word of God, to the truth of God. I mean, um, it, I was a pastor for a long, long time, for all of my adult life, and, and I'm preaching a, wormer, a, a, a sermon on worry, and I worry about the sermon on worry. Is it creative? Is it clear? Is it compelling? Is it inspirational? Is it funny? Is it theological? Is it practical? And I can work myself up if I don't watch myself and surrender to the Lord and take every thought captive. Worry doesn't avoid anyone. Worry is the, one of the common denominators that makes you and I human. And yet Jesus said, don't worry about anything. In 2022, don't worry about anything. As a matter of fact, he says some interesting things. We're talking about this in our Sunday school class right now. He says some things that are impossible. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in everything. That's one of the things that I've challenged my Sunday school class to do is every day, begin the day with the words rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in everything. Since I've challenged my class, I had a sticky note on my computer screen that says rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in everything. So today, as we're talking about this issue of worry, I just want to give you one practical thought about uh, worry and how we can tackle one of the greatest giants in human history, and that is the giant of worry, the giant of anxiety. First, you have to ask the question simply, what am I seeing? Or I'm asking you, what are you seeing today? Look what Jesus says. This is such an interesting and fun statement. When we've asked the question, what are you looking at? What are you seeing today? Jesus says this. This is what I want you to do. I want you to look at the birds and I want you to check out the flowers. Look at the birds, check out the flowers. I read it again this morning as I was just thinking about this and I thought, really? Really? If you're asking me the question, what are you seeing? I mean, you said, Jesus, that I'm to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. You, you, you tell me to fix my eyes on you because you're the author and perfecter of my faith. And yet I'm reading scripture this morning and Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers of the field. I mean, really? When it comes to worry, Jesus, you say, just look around. Look around at my environment. Look around at the perspective. Have you seen the world today? Have you seen our nation today? 
We're not a nation united. We live in the United States of America, but we should be called the divided states of America right now with all the issues that are taking place. I mean, we have all these things that we can cause anxiety, and yet, Jesus, you say, you want me to look at the birds and the flowers? Interesting. How many of you in your weekly perspective look at the birds and look at the flowers? I sit there and I think about it for a second. Many times I don't look at the birds and I don't look at the flowers. I mean, I think about I'm trying to lead my family and I'm providing for my family and I really don't have time to look at the birds and the flowers. And Jesus comes back to me again this morning and says, Jim, I want you to look at the birds and the flowers. Lord, I, I don't have time to look at the birds and the flowers. I have so many other important things to think about. And you know what the Lord comes back over and over and over and says? He says, I want you to look at the birds and I want you to look at the flowers. You know why? Because Jesus said, I think about them all the time. And I watch over them every day. And I watch over every detail of their existence. Think about that. Something as insignificant as a flower. God is saying something that's a game changer. If I can take care of the little things, the things that you don't even think about, don't you think that I'm big enough to take care of the big things in your life? the things that you worry about. I mean, it's so good. It's so good as we start 2022 to rethink about all these things. And that's right, Miss Pat. What a great, you should be preaching today. Worry ends when faith begins. That's so, that's so good. That's so good. God says that's whether, whether it's small, whether it's insignificant, or whether it's big and whether it's important. God says, I take care of all things. So I'm gonna ask you again today, what are you seeing? What are you looking at? Jesus says, check out the birds, check out the flowers. I take care of everything. I take care of every detail of your life and mine. My creation does not worry one moment what they're going to wear or what they're going to eat because my creation understands and knows that I take care of them. And Jesus is saying the same thing to you and me as we launch into 2022. I take care of everything. I want you to know that you're part of my creation. You're part of my family. I have responsibility for you and I am taking responsibility and I want you to understand today, don't live one moment in worry or anxiety, but I want you to cast all your cares on me for I want you to know that I care for you. And that's the word today for 2022. It's a game-changing word today. It's a game-changing word for you in 2022 that Jesus says, what are you looking at? He asks the question, what are you looking at? 
today, Jesus, I, I want to look at your creation. I want to look at the flowers in the fields. I want to look at the birds of your creation. And if you can take care of them and take care of their needs, Lord, I know you can take care of mine. I know you can take care of the needs of the family of God. And I know that I, if I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, then everything else will be added unto you. So Jesus, this year, it's yours. Jesus, I don't want to ever look to worry or anxiety. I want to look to the one who is the author and perfecter of my faith. That's who you are, Jesus, today. You are the author and perfecter of my faith. That's who you are. That's what I believe. That's what you asked the question to the, to the disciples. Who do you say that I am? And so, Jesus, I'm declaring today that you're the author and perfecter of my faith. And then I think about the next verse. Who for the joy set before him, the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, is now seated at the right hand of the Father. The Father cared for you. Jesus, you have the heart of the Father. You'll care for me. You'll care for all of your children. You'll care for this world. I believe it. And so, Jesus, today, thank you for being my author and my perfecter. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory for all that you're accomplishing and all that you're doing. Amen.